have your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that early childhood nerd podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Got two fun guests today. Got Josie Schneider. Hello. And Bethany Corey. Hi. And um, hold on. I kind of don't know how to start an episode if I'm not trying to reel Tiffany in from some (laughs) pre-recording goofballery. Usually I've got her like yelling something at the beginning. So that calm open was a little weird. (laughs) We have to yell. (laughs) Yes. Um, Okay, so I asked um, Bethany and Josie to join us or join me for talking about some imagination um, because I'm reading a book called We Don't Play With Guns Here, War, Weapon, and Superhero Play in the Early Years by Penny Holland. And a big focus of the book is um, children's imaginative play and their right to have have that kind of imaginative imaginative life. Um, And one of the quotes... Um, made me think about connections between how we uh, used to pretend when we were kids and, and do we still pretend now? Because I still pretend. I don't say it out loud. I was just having a conversation off microphone with Josie's daughter, Juliet. How old is she? Four? She's five. Five. Um, about the way she pretends. And then she turned it on me and asked me how I pretend. <laughs> I wasn't prepared, even though... That's the whole purpose for tonight. I hope I, I'm just planning on you guys taking over, though, for that part of it. Um, do either of you have anything you want to say about yourselves before we go further? Who are you? No. Where are you? Okay. All right. Well, then. No. <laughs> okay. Let's jump in. So here's here's our here's our starting point. This quote is from um, Dorothy Singer, who does a lot of work, did a lot of work on play um, research. So it says, the concept of what might be being able to move in perception and thought away from the concrete given or what is to what was, what could have been, what one can try for, what might happen, and ultimately to the purest realms of fantasy is a touchstone of that miracle of human experience, the imagination. And that last sentence really is what grabbed me, but I had to read the whole quote. But that that idea that it's a miracle of, your, of the human experience to be able to pretend and to use our imaginations. Um, and, and we've done episodes before where we talked about the ways we used to play as kids and the value of connecting that to our adult lives so that we can remember that, um, for the children we're working with now. So I, I, unless either of you have a response to that quote, I'd like to start just by talking about how we played as kids and how we pretended as kids. Sounds good. Okay. Sounds good. You're going to have to talk. (laughs) You're going to just like, yeah. Just I just want to go first if Bethany wanted to go first. No. So. Okay, so let's talk about things we pretended when we were kids. Bethany. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I was a homeschool child, so I had to – I just got a tongue stuck at it. I was just teasing you. Uh, <laughs> so um, uh, we were not one of the very well-socialized ones. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We had to rely, um, and by we, I mean me and my siblings had to rely on each other a lot for, um, you know, play companions. And 
um, one huge, huge pretend plaything that went on for years and years was um, the Olympics. <laughs> so, you know, in the winter, we were playing Winter Olympics, and in the summer, it was Summer Olympics, and we would have, like, epic routines, whether it was, like, ice skating or... You know, we would make like courses out in the the yard in the summer. Um, would you reenact one of your figure skating routines for a special video episode of the podcast? Um, if I had enough wine, I would. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, continue. Sorry. Um, yeah, so that's. I mean, it's like I don't. Every time I get together with my sister or brother, we always talk about. It always comes up are crazy. I wanted to be a um, speed skater. Uh-huh. And I got a pair of rollerblades and and I would just race all the time uh-huh. and win the gold medal. I usually never won the gold medal, but I would try. <laughs> so when you were when you guys were doing your Olympics, did you imitate the real events or did you invent your own events? We we invented our own. Um <laughs> I mean, like, we, we would try to keep it real, but it was, like, within the, like, we just had to use what we had. Right. So, like, you know, we could figure skate on our roller skates or figure skate inside mm-hmm. in our in our socks on the hardwood floor. Um, but every, and, you know, like, we had a picnic bench that could be a balance beam for oh. gymnastics. But, like, everything else, we had to, like, come up with our own like Olympic sports Mm -hmm. to compete in. Did you have anybody doing color commentary? (laughs) Um, Doing the play-by-play of your event? uh, For for like the racing we would, but not, (laughs) not for like the more artistic, you know, like our, our floor routines. (laughs) Those those we just embraced the beauty. (laughs) Words would only ruin the moment. It would. Yeah, I get that. Like we'd even, you know, like for those, we'd have our cassette player. Uh huh. You know, um, probably like Twyla Paris or Amy Grant. (laughs) (laughs) You were homeschooled. (laughs) I was. (laughs) I forgot about Twyla Paris. Yeah. I'm constantly thinking about Amy Grant these days because I have a fat cat that Steve calls Fat Baby, and she had that song Fat Baby from her very early career, and it gets stuck in my head. You probably had a floor routine to Fat Baby. (laughs) But I forgot about Twyla Paris. Yeah. All right. Nice. Thanks, Bethany, for sharing. Yeah. Josie. All right. Well, (laughs) Bethany played with her siblings. Um, I had... I had the flip side here I as well. I mean, I'm not really an only child, but uh, my older brother was 18 when I was born and I was 10 when my little brother was born. So the years that counted, I was an only <laughs> child. Um, so I had to play by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and from the earliest time I can remember, my imagination mostly centered on real life. Like I can remember being about three or four years old and being in the car with my mom and saying, Okay, you're going to pretend to be uh, my aunt, and then I was pretending <laughs> to be my cousin, and um, we would act this out all the time. And uh, I mean, occasionally I would play with 
it would be pure fantasy if I was playing with my Barbies or dolls or I was macabre even as a child and I would pretend to capture fairies and torture them. Um, <laughs> I was a weird kid, but mostly it was um, it was real life. And so my primary game in elementary school was called Kids Town. Now, Kids Town was fantastic because I was the mayor and I imagine that all my real friends were there. But unlike my real friends, they did exactly what I wanted them to do at Kids Town. So it was great. Um, I mean, like, we would spend, we, me and my imaginary friends, right. um, would spend months, like, choreographing a big Christmas show every year. Um, I had, going back to cassette tapes. Uh, yeah. So, wait, a, were you, like, just by yourself, but, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, vocalize my... or imagining conversation with pretend people, oh, like oh, a yeah. whole town of oh, yeah. pretend people? to put yeah. on a show. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. beautiful. And then, yeah, we would um, we put on this choreographed Christmas show. We had our own um, sporting event. It was called Balloon Ball. Mm-hmm. And I would be, like, I'm sure it was hilarious, alone in my living room, <laughs> pretending to be, like, both teams hitting this balloon <laughs> back and forth. Um, but, yeah, Kids Town was great. I would talk to my real-life imaginary friends all day long. <laughs> Sometimes my friends would actually come over and I would get pissed because they wouldn't do what I wanted, so I'd, I'd send them home and just uh-huh. re- continue playing the game we were playing in Kids Town because it was, <laughs> they do what I said. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's kind of funny because eventually I, I started doing um, local theater when I was in first grade, and as I started doing theater, my play kind of left kids town and I would spend most of my imaginary playtime pretending I was whatever character in whatever show I was currently in. I would like continue that character's story outside of the show. <laughs> so um, eventually, you know, I, I evolved from my real friends to whoever I was, whoever I currently was in a show. But, um, you know, I think back to my childhood and I can't remember a lot of just like pure fantasy play. It uh-huh. definitely had a connection to real life. Uh-huh. So when you had Kid Town, mm-hmm. the other imaginary friends, were they based on your real friends or were they yeah, all no, like they, brand new, they, fresh creations? They were my real friends. But imaginary better versions, like new uh-huh. and improved. <laughs> yep. That listened to Josie. <laughs> that, was, that seems to be the prerequisite for being allowed into Kid's Town. I was such an only child. <laughs> and you guys, it's so funny because I see my my little only child doing the same thing right now. Uh-huh. Um, now, it's not quite the same. She pretends her name is Addison. Uh-huh. And she says, Mommy, I'm going to play Addison and I'll have to be Addison's mom. <laughs> but it's, it, it's just funny because the, some of the things she says and does is Addison – I mean, it's definitely based in 2018 because Addison and her friends make YouTube videos and oh. things like that. But it's just, I see, I see myself at that uh-huh. age when she plays. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I did a lot of Barbie pretending. I, I, I probably played with Barbies till 14. Till I was 14. Um, I had... I, and I just I, that just comes to my mind because you mentioned Barbies early in your list, Josie. Um, uh, but I remember my sister was three years younger than me, and my our brother was three years younger than that. So 
we thought we'd be really sneaky if we didn't want him to play. We'd say, oh, let's go play with BDs. We'll <laughs> <laughs> never crack that code. <laughs> Try BDs. Um, and I used like double albums for wall covers or for walls, pretend walls for Barbie's bedroom. And I remember trying to like make a little Barbie quilt, like just doing some hand stitching and patching and stuff. Um, uh, but I played a, my, a lot of my imaginative, imaginative play. I'll get the word right before we're done recording. Imaginative play was outside. And a lot of it was just finding stuff and turning it into stuff. Mm -hmm. So making potions and recipes. And when I go stay at my grandma's um, and maybe, I don't know. So this, this will be an aside. You can tell me when I'm done describing this, if you would qualify that as imaginative play or just imitation. And if there's a distinction, so file that away for a minute. But when I went to stay at my grandma's house, she would set up, Outside, they had a farm, and out in the front yard, she would set up a little, basically a little mud play kitchen kind of a situation with pans and spoons, and she'd save containers and put food coloring and water in different containers for me so that I could mix all these things. I'm sorry, Bethany, your face was just frozen again, and your one eye was like half shut, and I was like, why is she looking at me like that? It's not that bad of a story. <laughs> I'm, I'm thoroughly engrossed. But just, just that kind of that kind of play was, was what came to mind. But then as I started talking about it, that's when that question came up. Is that imaginative? Is it just imitation? Is there a distinction? Well, I think it would probably partially depend on what your thought process was. I mean, were you making potions? Were you pretending to cook dinner? Mm -hmm. I was I pretty straight up imitating grandma. In in that play, there were certainly other times when, because she would like even, she had a lot of dill pickle making. Mm -hmm. So she would give me the little cucumbers that didn't make the cut and little pieces <laughs> of dill. And I would just, I was basically just doing exactly what I saw her doing. But um, there were other times when, you know, I'd stand over the burn barrel and hold plastic on the end of a stick and whatever shape it came out as would guide my pretending for the rest of that that play so I guess it just depends on what it was I I feel like you can't um I feel like you can like say imaginative play is something different but I think that like like imitating is also imaginative play like mm -hmm. I think it's like a subset of it because um so I just had an example today um I do family child care in my home and the three and a half, well, okay, so let me set this up. I was super lazy and did not do any laundry this weekend. And so um, I'm cleaning up breakfast and I look down at my basket of laundry in the kitchen and I go, oh, I didn't wash Natalie's bibs, which is the baby in the house mm -hmm. now. So I quick grab that, go into the laundry room, start the laundry going. And Aaron, the three and a half year old boy, he immediately goes into our play kitchen and finds a couple of empty baskets and opens up the drawer, baby clothes and puts the baby clothes in there. And then we've got a wood washer and dryer mm -hmm. and he sticks it in there. He hollers out, I've got my laundry going for my babies too. <laughs> and, you know, I am honestly not even paying attention Real, you know, because uh -huh. I've got whatever else going on. 
And then he, you know, a while later, maybe five or 10 minutes later, he comes up to me and he's got two baskets full of baby clothes in his hand. And he goes and dumps it on the couch. Like I dumped my laundry on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) And he, he just like slumps and he goes, Mm. Oh, those babies, they sit up on everything. (laughs) (laughs) And, and then he went on his way and he's folding the clothes and whatever, you know, Uh and that was, you know, I think that's definitely imaginative uh-huh. play, you know. Um, yeah, the more the more I think about it, I guess maybe all imaginative play, imaginative. Bethany, say it for me. Imaginative. Thank you. Is maybe all of that kind of play has to start with an invitation of some mm-hmm. kind, don't you think? Maybe. Um, I mean, I think about like even the the toddler who picks up a block to imitate a phone. Yeah. Or um, we had a bunch at the center I was the director of several years ago who were into the Sasquatch Hunter shows. So the wooden unit blocks would become the walkie-talkies to imitate that. So that may have been the starting point, but you can definitely see it branching out or even just deciding what to use as your props. Even if you're imitating something that's directly from your life, you're still having to use your imagination a little bit as I'm sort of talking my way through that. Well, I'm thinking about my class this past year. I mean, they spent most of the year as animals. Um, <laughs> this particular uh, one girl in particular would um, just meow and crawl her way around the classroom <laughs> all day long, um, which would lead the rest of them to doing that. I mean, obviously they're pulling from a real example there, but like you said, it would kind of spiral mm-hmm. in different directions. You know, eventually it becomes their all several of them are doing it and they're pretending they're at a dog park or <laughs> I'm thinking at Christmas time. Um, you know, they spent forever just arranging all the chairs in the classroom t- in order to make a sleigh. And then they were assigning roles. Well, you're Santa, you're the reindeer. And then they wrapped presents. And I, I just, yeah, now that I think about it, I feel like most imaginative play is based on something. They have to have the schema for what they're imagining. Right. And, and they, they take it their direction they have to i think have made some kind of choice about which things to imitate too so there's a different level of cognitive functioning there as they sort through what they see because they're obviously not imitating everything they see but they're Mm -hmm. they're picking and choosing um what they what they do see i was thinking today about um there were several things that happened today that were so frustrating and i came home very sad but um one was i was listening to a teacher talking to a parent about how the three-year-old who was a younger sibling, three-year-old was asking for homework because his big brother had homework Mm -hmm. and they were standing there talking to each other about how great that was, that they were so interested in academics already. And I was like, no, that's just pretending. That's just imitating. That's dramatic play. Be like the brother. He thinks pencils are cool. He wants to play. He wants something special that nobody else can touch. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Or he just wants to be like an important person in his life. Oh, man. Um, The other thing that that had me thinking about imagination was I was talking to a little girl who's three. And her real name, uh, let's say her real name's Jane. It's not, but let's say her real name's Jane. But someday she's Anna from Frozen. And someday she's Cinderella. Mm -hmm. And you just have to kind of find out in the morning who she is. And if you call her that all day, she's, she'll do whatever. And if you don't, she's like, 
I don't hear you. Mm. <laughs> that is not my name. And I love that because my son was that way when he was little. He might still be. Um, he's 25. I don't know if I don't see him anymore. <laughs> but I think he probably still is. Anyway, um, so I said, are you Cinderella or are you Anna this morning? And she said, um, like she had her head kind of down looking at the ground. She said, well, when I'm at school, I can only be Jane. But when I'm at home, I can be Cinderella or Anna, but that's not really for school. So I can't do it here anymore. Aww. And I was so mad that someone had crushed her little soul like that. Because what, how difficult is it to play along with pretend? It's not. It's not. And how much more fun is it to play along with a kid's pretend? It's It's been several years uh, now, but I had a little boy that was the same way. But his name got longer every day. He started off as being Spider-Man. Then he was Spider-Man Darth Vader. And then he was (laughs) Spider-Man Darth Vader Pikachu. And it went on. And finally I got to the point I said, I can't can't anymore. My memory is not long enough. Yeah. Well, he was helping you because exercising your brain that way prevents Mm -hmm. dementia in the long run. So he was really doing you a service by giving you all those names to remember. I'm sure that was his goal. Yeah. 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 Um, once when Curtis, that's my son, when he was little, I'm going to tell this story to the world. Cause I know he won't listen to this podcast and he doesn't like me to tell these stories to real people. So I'll tell it to all you pretend people. <laughs> he was like five, five or six. And he knocked on the door of our apartment. <clears throat> He's like out playing in the yard and he knocked on the door and I opened the door and I looked at him and he was like, is this the Yorkshire orphanage? <laughs> Lost children. And I was like, sure and he told me this whole story about his parents dying of cholera (laughs) and he needed an orphanage and he would just slip into that every now and again like there were a couple empty beer bottles on the table one day and he was he picked him up and he goes looks like mr yorkshire has been drinking again (laughs) that's amazing and it was great and like When he was in second grade, he and his teacher had this communication notebook that they passed back and forth. Like, she did that with all the kids. It wasn't just because he was weird or something. Um, But they did this notebook back and forth. And he told her, in that notebook, he wrote things like, um, his dad and I had gotten divorced. And his dad moved to Indianapolis and played for the Colts now. But he came home on the weekends to mow the lawn. And all of which was very fictitious, right down to the mowing the lawn part. And... um, (laughs) Uh, that we had another baby and we named him Curtis two, number two, not like the second. And he slept in a box under our bed and stuff like that. And his teacher would just respond to it as if it was the most natural thing in the world. And I appreciated that so much. I thought if we had a different teacher, he would have been shamed for those ideas and that play and that pretend. And, And who knows how that would have affected his imagination going forward. I, I, I think I it's know. hard for some, I think it's hard for some adults to, um, to look at the stories that children can tell so convincingly or with so much conviction, um, as not being a lie. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I was going to go next is so what, how, how do we, how do we fit lying yeah. into this? Yeah. Because I mean, there's, it's, it's such like an arbitrary line, you know, <laughs> right. Where like, you know, you can say, um, 
I don't know. It's just, well, it's, I mean, hard, just it's hard to know. I, I could laugh. You know, one minute I'm laughing because Curtis told his teacher I had a baby I didn't have. And then he sees me doing that. And then, you know, say he tells me, you know, he took the trash out when he didn't, which is, you know, my kids didn't do any chores either. <laughs> so that's also pretend. But, um, and I get mad at him for telling me he did something he didn't do. And he's trying to reconcile that. Right. Mm -hmm. The day before when I thought it was hilarious that he told me something that wasn't real. That is, we had, we had a problem with that this year. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I hate to say problem, but, um, I had a friend with lots of stories. Like <laughs> she was going, I don't remember where she was. She was going to Florida that weekend. No, she, she wasn't, but you know, I yeah. said, Oh, well, tell, I can't wait to hear about how it goes. Have a good time. <laughs> But then, you know, after that, things would be taken out of friends' backpacks oh. and, um, well, I didn't do it. So, you, so uh -huh. it was the same thing. Like, the stories were fun, but then we had to deal with the reality of, the, yeah, thank you. Okay um, to take things out of someone's backpack. It, <laughs> exactly. And so one thing I started saying was, um, you know, if if it was something like that, I would maybe say, oh, well, you would like to or you would like it to be this way. Uh -huh. You would like to go to Florida this weekend. Uh -huh. And she would say, yeah, I would. And she'd just take it from there. Yeah. Um, I, I, think, I don't know. Depending on the individual child, too, I think it's OK to say, are you pretending right now? Because, mm -hmm. you know, I'll play with you. What should I do? What should I be? And that's another way to make that distinction. And if if you know, something disappeared from a backpack and you say, did you take it out of the backpack? And they say, no, you can say, is that real? Or is that another one of your pretends and just go mm -hmm. forward with it like that? It doesn't all have to be like, you know, as uh, Dan says, what is that thing he says that I love? You have to stop making moral issues out of developmental oh, mm -hmm. issues. Mm -hmm. um, they're not an evil child because they're pretending laps over into taking things out of mm. backpacks. They're just a learning child. They were learning. A developing child, and they need our help in that, too. And that's the show. Now.